So we're, we're continuing in our series called Disciplines. So how to train ourselves up in godliness. So we're looking at several different spiritual disciplines to help us grow in our relationship with Christ. And so tonight's going to be one I think that's very, um, another one that's very odd for a lot of us, just like fasting last week. And so I think this one will be another odd one, and it's silence and solitude. And so here's one way I want us just to even start tonight to practice it a little bit, where this is probably going to seem odd for some of us, and that's okay. We're going to talk about it after briefly. Here's what I want everybody to do for a moment. I want everybody to put your, uh, your papers and your pens, your Bibles, everything else just on the floor under your seat. That way you don't have anything in your hands. And what I want us to do is, is we're just going to take a single minute, a whole 60 seconds. And I want you talking to your neighbor. I don't want you to look at anything else. And, and we're just going to sit in silence for 60 seconds. Okay? So we're going to start 60 seconds starting now. So that was a whole 60 seconds. So how did some of y'all feel in that, in just it, within those 60 seconds? What were your initial thoughts? Um, I could hear Abby breathing, and so I started laughing. <laughs> okay. Boredom. Boredom? Insane amount of boredom. Insane amount of boredom. Okay. I Okay. It was just awkward. Yeah, was awkward. Why, so why did it feel awkward? No one was doing anything. It's not. It's not normal. What else? Yeah. Did that minute feel like an eternity for some? Actually, it felt nice. It felt nice. Okay. There was actually. There was actually. We did the same type of deal uh, when I was on spiritual leadership liberty, where um, I was in one of the classes, and he said, "All right." He's like, "I want everybody to stand up." And he's, uh, he's like, when you think it's, he's like, when everybody be quiet, he's like, when, I, when you think it's a minute, I want you to sit down. And so all of us were sitting down at different times and, and showing us when it was. Because I think we're so used to this, we're so used to just being go, 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 go. I got to go to school. I got to go to practice. I got to go to rehearsal. I got to go home. I got to go take care of this. I got to go take care of that. That we seem like we have no downtime. And then even when we do have downtime, we're like, okay, now I gotta go watch this YouTube video, I gotta go watch TikToks, or I gotta play some sort of music, so at least it's around me. How many of you, when it was quiet, and you weren't talking to anybody, how many of your first instinct was to reach for your phone? Did anybody feel that? Uh-uh. Like when you're quiet, anybody was like, okay, I gotta. Because I know some people, when they're in a crowded space and it's like really quiet or awkward or no one's around, they go, 
I guess I'll pull out my phone and I guess I'll just listen to this because no one else is around me. It's weird for us, like to be still, like completely still and just silent in a world full of noise that's constantly telling us to go here, there and everywhere. It's weird for us. It's really difficult for us. And so we want to look at tonight, uh, tonight we want to look at just this discipline of silence and solitude. What does that mean? What does it look like? What are reasons why we do that? And just how can we start that tonight? Because it is so important for us. Because I think we're just so go, 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 that we just get worn down and we get tired and we just need time to just sit down and rest in God and focus on Him. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. And so, um, like I said, our, our society, like, trains us this way to where we're more comfortable, let's say, like, going to a mall than, let's say, going to the park or going in nature for some people. Or we might feel more comfortable just constantly having, let's say, music around us than, than just complete silence. Like, I'm guilty of that. When I'm in my office, like, I'll just have background music, like as if I'm at a coffee shop or something. Anybody ever heard of phantom vibration? Anybody ever heard of this before? So, so if you don't know what this is, is we're so used to our phones being in our pockets that, that and we're so used to them vibrating in our pocket, that there'll be times, let's say, if our phone is on the other side of the room, we might feel like something's vibrating in our pocket and we think it's our phone. And we go check and we go, our phone's not there. We're so used to being connected to our phones and so always on it that we feel that. That I think it's awkward for us to sit still and not have anything around us. I love this. Uh, it's, it, this is somewhat of a quote from, from an author I like called Bob Hamp where he talks about we sit still and just be quiet. When we sit still, we start to feel, let's say, our fallenness. Or we feel like we start to feel what's wrong with us or our sinfulness. And so we naturally want to try to fill that void with something else, with noise, with music, with activity. And so we want to look at just this too. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in and start looking at these things. So let's pray first. So dear Lord, thank you for tonight. We just want to come before you, and I pray that we quiet our souls before you. Would you humble ourselves before you so we can understand this better, so we can understand this discipline of silence and solitude to help us Just be still, just be physically still, be spiritually still, and just to be quiet and to hear from you and to grow in our relationship with you. So would you help us be still for the rest of this time to help us grow more in our relationship with you, to help us grow more in our relationship with one another, and to help us ultimately make Christ's name known. So we pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, so I want to look at this for these two definitions of silence and solitude. So silence is the voluntary and temporary abstaining from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought. So we want to be silent temporarily and voluntary. So we're choosing to do this. We're not being forced to be quiet, but we're choosing to do this. Why? Because we want to accomplish some sort of spiritual goal. So that's silence. And then we had solitude on top of it, which is the, the voluntary and temporary withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. So we want to get away from everybody else. We want to get alone, which I'm sure as an introvert, just heaven is to be able to get away from people and not have to be around people. But we do this for spiritual purposes, not just to get away from everybody, but there's a purpose for that. And so that's what we're going to look at. So we want to look at first is reasons for this. So we're going to look at four reasons why we have silence and solitude. And then we just want to look at practical ways to do that. So if you have your notes, if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to jump in and start studying these. So here is the first one. It's to follow Jesus' example. To follow Jesus' example. 
So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at just a couple verses in Matthew. And we're going to look at one in Mark. And then you don't have to worry about turning to Luke. I'll do that for us. So the first one is in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 4. So for those of you that might be familiar with this one, this is right before Jesus is about to go into the wilderness and he's about to face temptation. And so in Matthew 4 verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So the primary purpose of this event was for Jesus to receive and conquer Satan's temptations. That was the ultimate purpose of this still, We note that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into this experience, this encounter, during a lengthy period of fasting and silence and solitude. I mean, it was for 40 days and for 40 nights. Imagine being still and silent for 40 days and 40 nights. But that's what led him into that. It was that time of stillness. It was that time of solitude and fasting that helped Jesus overcome the temptations of Satan to focus on God. So next one in Matthew 14, verse 23 is that we see this next verse where it says, and after he had dismissed the crowds. So this is after Jesus just walked on water. After he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And then when evening came, he was there alone. So again, we see another example of Jesus that he just sent both the seeking multitudes and everybody away so that way he can go up and he can just be alone with God. That when evening came, it said he was alone there with God. So the next one, if you're following along, is in Mark 1, verse 35. And if you go there, just hang out there because we'll be on our next point in Mark. So Mark 1, 35, and it says this, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So a third example you see in the Gospels where Jesus said he went away, he went to a desolate place, he went from everybody else to pray. So he had solitude away from everybody else so that way he can pray to God. And then lastly, Luke 4, verse 42, is one more example we see of Jesus doing this. So Luke 4, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. For then he was, uh, again, he was preaching in the synagogues to Judea. So despite all the cries of these people, that he still took time away from everything in order to be able to just be in silence and solitude and spend time with God. So if we are to be a follower of Christ, that means we're following, we're called to follow Jesus' example. So if you see Jesus' example of he would take times, whether it be just for a few minutes or whether it be for days on end where he would go away and just be in silence and spend time with God, then we're to follow that example too. Then we should take notice of that, that if even Jesus did this, then how much more do we need this as, as human beings with all of our sins and faults and shortcomings and failures and everything else we got going on, that we'll need this. So the first reason is to follow Jesus' example. The second one of this is to be physically and spiritually restored. To be physically and spiritually restored. So for those of you that are still in Mark, we're going to look at Mark 6, verse 31. Just one verse. And so um, Jesus is about to feed the 5,000. He's about to do this. But then we see this instruction in Mark 6, verse 31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. 
And so we just see in this that like the 12 disciples, we all need time to unwind. I mean, we get tired, don't we? We get tired. We get exhausted. I, I think the most common answer I get from a lot of you, I want to say, how you doing? Man, I'm tired. I'm just so tired. And I think sometimes that's so true because we're just so constantly on the go. We're so constantly moving. We're so constantly doing so many things. We're so constantly getting caught up in everything, whether it be trying to keep up with what's happening on social media or whether it's just running to one schedule to the next, to the next, to the next, that we just get worn down and we get tired. Not only do we get physically tired, but we get spiritually tired because then we get caught up in everything. We start spending less and less time, let's say, spending time with God, whether it's be praying or whether it's spending time reading our Bible. We just get tired. And so we just need time to just rest and recover and just realign back with God, that we need that. that even Jesus gave this instructions like, hey, come away and just spend time away. Go to a desolate place and just find time to spend alone with God in prayer. That you're not just spending time away just to rest, but you're spending time focusing back on God, realigning, refocusing to Him. So we need this. Again, everyone has a regular need to restore stuff. That's why we go to sleep, whether it's going to sleep at 9 p.m. or 3 a.m., whatever it is, we still need sleep. We also need time to spend time with God, to recharge spiritually and physically. So we seek to be physically and spiritually restored. The second one is to seek the will of God. To seek the will of God. So this might be the most common reason believers pursue God in silence and solitude is to discern about a matter, discern about one matter from the other, to discern what might be a decision they want to make, to discern what's the will of God in their lives for a certain particular thing. And so we want to look at how Jesus actually did this. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13, Jesus actually sought silence and solitude to seek the will of the Lord. So let's look at what it says in verses 12 through 13. It says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose, and chose from them twelve whom he named apostles. So Jesus, before he's about to start going out, and before he's about to start choosing his apostles, he actually spent a time in silence and solitude and prayer to God in order to discern the will of God. Hey, who do you want to be my apostles? Who do you want to be the people that follow me in this ministry? And so Jesus wanted to seek the will of God, so he spent time away with God in order to discern the will of God. And that might be something we need to do. Like I said, it might be something where if you want to discern whether, let's say, like a college you want to go to, which college you want to do, what do you want to do after high school? That could be one that some of y'all face in the next few years. What do you want me to do with my life in this? Where do you want to call me to? This could be a time to you just spend silence and solitude and say, God, would you help me with this? Away from all the noise, away from everybody's input, away from what anybody else is saying or social media is saying or anything else. You're just spending alone time with God. Okay, you seek the will of God. And then the fourth one, which I think, I think will be interesting one to see, it's to learn to control the tongue to learn to control the tongue is, is a lot of times we can be very quick to say things, don't we? We might get angry and in that split second of anger we might say something that we regret. Maybe we play nine square and get out and we say something we don't mean. For those when you eventually start driving, you start driving and 
someone, you know, someone cuts you off or someone does what you think is a very dumb move. And so you want to give them some words of encouragement. You want to just say how much of a great driver they are, right? But sometimes we need to learn to control the tongue. That sometimes just being silent and spending time with God helps us control that. So we want to look at two verses in James 1 to help us understand this. So in James 1, James 1, 19 and 27, we see these two truths. So James 1, verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person, so that's all of us, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So we need to be, we need to be quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so naturally, if James is saying this, you know what our natural then tendency is to be as, as fallen, sinful human beings? We tend naturally to, to not be quick to listen. Instead, we are quick to speak and we are quick to get angry. That we're quick to not wanting to listen to, to people. We're quick to not wanting to listen, let's say, to our parents or friends or loved ones. Instead, we want to be quick to speak our minds or say, what's, say what we really want to say. But instead, we've got to be slow to speak. We've got to be slow to anger and quick to listen. And then in just a few verses down, in verse 27, it says this, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the, or sorry, right before that, um, in verse 26, sorry. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So does anybody know what a bridle is? It's kind of like, what, you, what is it? Um, it's used for horses, mm-hmm. and actually, they are looking bridle. It's a, it's a <laughs> bridle is something that you use to control the horse. Yeah. Yeah, so, so listen to this. So James is saying, hey, if, if our religion is to be worthwhile, we need to bridle our tongue. So essentially, we need to put some sort of control in our mouths to control our tongues, to be able to control what we say. Because James actually later goes on and says in, uh, in this that he says that our tongue can be very quick to speak blessings out of one mouth and cursings out of the other mouth. That we can turn around one moment and say, man, I, I love this person so much, and then turn around and be like, I hate this person so much. I can't stand them. Or a moment we could say, man, I love God so much, and the next moment we say words that would not be pleasing to God. And so that's why we got to bridle our tongue. Or it says that our tongue is just this raging fire that we need to control. Or that our tongue can be poisonous. So if we, if we do that, we need to control it. We need to bridle our tongue. And so we spend time in silence and solitude when we're just not saying anything. The only thing we can do for not saying anything is to listen. That we're just times a moment of quiet and being still. It helps us learn to be able to control our tongues. So in those moments where maybe someone says something that really just rubs us the wrong way, or maybe really offends us, or is really hurtful, instead of being quick to respond back or lash back out and return, it helps us at least take those few minutes and just be silent in that moment. And we just trust God in that process. That, that it can help us for that. That it helps us bridle our tongues. It helps us control our tongues in this. Another one we want to look at is, is in Proverbs 17, 27 to 28. You don't have to turn there. I'll just, I'll read it for us so we can see that. So Proverbs 17, 
27 through 28, it says this, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So think about it. Even a fool, if they just keep their mouth shut, will be considered wise. And I think today, in, in a social media-driven age, where everybody wants to be the first one to say something, everybody wants to be the first one to say something to get people's attention, everybody wants to be the first and loudest voice, that sometimes even we just don't say anything at all. We might appear just a whole lot more just intelligent in that moment. Or there's another proverb that says, when someone's first to speak, they might sound really intelligent or it might be a really good case at first until someone comes and cross-examines them. And then they sound foolish. That's not, it's not always the best to be the first one to say something. It might be, hey, let me take time to step back and evaluate and think through this and just process all of this before I say something. That it helps us understand a lot of this. And so when we spend time in silence and solitude, again, it's intentional time that we're taking. So I don't want you to think this is time we're taking just to not do anything or we're just sitting still and not, we're intentionally focusing on God. We're thinking about God. We're thinking about, let's say, the things that God does or, or the ways that God works in the world or maybe the scripture that we read. We're intentionally thinking about God and resting in him. And that helps us in these moments. We think about a God who is slow to anger. We think about the example of Christ. And just the way he lived his life, we're able to focus on that and think through that. So we need these. So when we practice silence and solitude, um, is that you don't need to like say some things that you previously thought necessary. So in silence, we learn to rely more on God's control in matters when we might not need to do any of that. And we find that he's able to manage a lot of those situations better than we could. That, That we find that God is a lot better at handling stuff than we are. And that we're silent and we're solitude when we temporarily go away from everybody. We temporarily just, just hold our tongues and just focus on God. We can see that a lot more often. So these are four different reasons why we are to, like, why it's important for silence and solitude. But now we want to look at just practical ways for silence and solitude. So there's at least two different ways I want us to look at this. The first one is called minute retreats. So minute retreats. So these are just unexpected moments you find throughout the day, or just moments that you can just quickly have throughout the day. So for those of you that, let's say, drive, it could be that moment when, let's say, you're driving and you just get, you're at a stoplight. You just stop at a stoplight. That's just even a few moments where you can just take, and you can just be in silence, not have the radio on, not be listening to music or podcasts or anything. You just take time to be silent and just think about God in that moment. It could be for some of y'all, I know a lot of y'all might not drive in here. It could be, let's say, when you're walking from one class to the other. Maybe you're not talking to a friend or anything else. You're just kind of thinking about God as you're walking from one class to another. That you at least have a minute or two to go from one to the other. That you can at least take that moment to think about it. Because maybe you're just stressed out from one class and you're about to go to another class you're about to be stressed out in. You're about to go to another class you're like, well, I'm not really not doing well in that class and, and I need to do better in this class. It could just be that time where you just take a minute or two. It's okay, let me, let, me re, let, me re, let me recalibrate, let me refocus back on God and just think about him for a moment before I go into this next class. Because I, I don't know if you're like me, if I get started late on one part of my day, then I feel rushed throughout the rest of my day. I don't know if anybody else is like that. Like if I'm late to one thing, then I feel rushed to every other thing, and then I start making excuses for things, and I just get, I just get so caught up, and I'm just like, ah, it, just, it almost feels overwhelming at times. 
So it's important just taking those unexpected moments throughout the day just to, just to think. Or maybe this minute retreat, it could be the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. That the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you just take a few minutes and you just, you don't, you don't look at your phone. You look at my house. Other people might just be asleep still in the house or away from you. You just take those few moments, the first few moments, just to think about God and just to recalibrate and just pray to God. Like, God, would you help me through today? Would you help me focus today? Would you help me just take these few moments and just rest and be still in you before I just get going and running everywhere? These are important for us to have. This could be when you first get home from school or from work or from practice because you've just been running around all day. Then maybe you just take a minute or two and you just go to a quiet place in your house or to your room or wherever else and you just... And you focus. And you just focus back on God in that moment because you've been running around so much that you just take a moment for as if your soul catches up with your body just to like be still. Think about God after everything that's gone on throughout the day. That these are just a few minutes throughout the day that we spend away from people, we spend away from technology, that we just be silent and still and think about God. These minute retreats. But the next one is a daily silence and solitude. A daily silence and solitude. So this is, not, this is not unexpected moments throughout the day, if you will. These are planned moments each day. These are planned moments that you have each and every day to be able to focus on God. And so this is a time devoted, let's say, to some of the other things that we talked about. It's like Bible intake, of prayer, th- uh, things of that nature. That it helps us grow more in Christ-likeness in those moments. So many battle to develop this daily devotional habit because we just lead such busy lives, don't we? We all lead busy lives. Like a lot of times we ask someone, hey, how are you doing? Man, I'm just so busy. If we're not saying I'm tired, we're just saying, man, I'm just so busy. Because our days are already usually filled with enough noise, isn't it? With school, with work, with sports, just with other demands that we have in our life. It's filled with, and then our phone's always constantly trying to get our attention from our pockets to check things out or to make sure we don't have fear of missing out of anything that's going on in the world. We have so much going on. We have so much plenty of hurry going on that we need to purposely plan this daily time. That we need to be very purposeful and intentional about planning this time, where we'll be, where we'll be at, how much time we'll spend on that, and what we're going to do during that time. Because if we just kind of casually do this where it's like, well, maybe I'll try for this Friday around this time in the afternoon, and then that time in the afternoon comes on Friday and you get there, if you don't have a plan, what's going to happen is there's going to be so many other things that are wanting to fill that void and pull your attention away and demand for that attention. You'll sit down. Instead of trying to focus on God, you'll think, okay, well, I got, okay, I got, I got this quiz I need to take for this class or study for. I got this homework I need to take care of. I need, to, I need to make sure I text this friend back. I need to make sure I want to check this post on social media. That, that all of a sudden, if we're not intentional, we start getting our attention pulled in so many different directions. If we're not purposeful in that time, that we've got to be careful on this. So the person who has this daily time of, of spiritual discipline, this, this daily time of silence and solitude, is able to enjoy that much more, let's say, those minute retreats we just talked about. Then we spend, then we purposely and diligently spend this time, then we have those unexpected moments throughout. We can go, okay, I can enjoy this time just to refocus again back on God. And so when people plan this, they're able to do this a lot more on a regular basis. Because like we said, with all of these disciplines, it's not like we're going from the couch to a 5K immediately and we're good. Like it might take some time planning some of these things. And then we work on some of these things. You got to make sure you take, you plan for this every single day. So that's why actually on the back side of these, you'll see three questions just as a self-inventory. 
Where you can say, where is a place that you can go? You know, are quiet places you can get away from people and just focus. It'll say, like, what are, what are times throughout the day that you know you'll at least have a few minutes just alone with God? Or what are times that you're going to try to intentionally plan out to spend time with God on these things? And, and in fact, this actually ties into, again, one of the other spiritual disciplines. Because what I want us to see is all these spiritual disciplines are tied together in this. And so one way we can maybe purposely plan what days we'll spend just intentionally with God is when we talked about stewardship. One of the things we did for stewardship is, hey, map out your schedule for the week. So you can see what does a typical week look like? So you can say, all right, I have some time this day that I can spend, or I can rearrange this time so I can put this time in place for God to spend time with him. And that way, when we, have, when we do a spiritual discipline of stewardship and we steward our time well, then we're able to plan this time of silence and solitude well. And so when we're able to have this daily time of silence and solitude and focusing on God. Then also makes time for us to be able to read our Bibles and for us to be able to pray to God in those moments. And it helps us focus more on what we read and what we're praying about and pray through these things and think through these things. Or it helps us when we have this time to focus more on God, realign with God. It helps us when we have our fasting, that we're, okay, we're, we're focusing more on God in these areas rather than our stomachs being hungry. They're able to be still and not think about these things. All these things are interconnected to help us grow closer in our relationship with Christ. And so all these things are important. And so it is important for us to have this time of silence and solitude. So that minute that we did to start with this, maybe start with that. That we take time each day just to be still, be silent, and focus on God. And we do that. We take time to be still. We pull away from everybody. We purposely and voluntarily, by our own choosing, our own free will, get away from everybody. Away from our phones, away from technology, away from the world. And we just be silent and still and focus on God. It can be so rejuvenating. Like we said, we're following the example of Jesus. We're just being restored and refreshed physically and spiritually by being away from things. We're helping us detach from other things that might be just grabbing our attention. That we can control our tongues a whole lot better. Or control our thumbs, I guess in this case, a whole lot better for some of us. And then we can just grow more in our relationship with Christ. And so this is why silence and solitude is just so important for us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you just for the example of Christ that he shows us. We thank you just for the importance of all of this. Lord, would you help us even tonight to be still? Would you help us tonight just free us up from just all the, just the hustle and bustle and busyness of running everywhere that this world demands us to go? Would you help us just take some time each and every day to, to enjoy those moments of slowing down and kind of getting away from people and getting away from the world and, and just kind of holding our tongues and just thinking about you. Think about how you are sovereign Think about just how you are loving. Think about how you are merciful, how you are gracious, just how amazing you are. Think about the truths that you teach us through Scripture. Would you help us take that time? We live in, again, a world and a society that conditions us to be so used to noise around us. But would you help condition us to be used to just stillness and silence to be spent with you? It's only by your grace we can do any of these things. So by your grace, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you help us even tonight start to implement that? So that way, again, we can grow more in our relationship with Jesus. We can grow more in our relationship with one another and encourage one another and become even more of the family you've called us to be here at LSM and to help us continue to live out just our mission and vision to make Christ's name known. And it's in Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen.